0: Is right, your ears do not deceive you when you hear that deep cover baseline. You know what time it is. We are back to the deep cover podcast. And why wouldn't we be back? Ravens training camp set to kick off next week. We're recording Sunday night, I think they're kicking off Tuesday. Maybe they, fast, they first practice Wednesday, something like that. But anyway, uh, we're gonna have this out the day before, get you ready. Uh, everything that you need to know, want to know, wishing you had an answer to. we're gonna preview it and talk about it tonight as usual i'm joined by my guys chris and carrie but special guest crossover event the fire zone show himself denar melton uh start with
1: you man how you been i've been good man trying to stay cool in this heat it's i'm good like let's go play football in this heat and see how long people cramp up and not practice for two weeks (laughs)
0: and they moved the practices to the middle of the day
1: oh they ain't messing around
0: (laughs) morning to the middle of the day so if this heat wave keep up it's gonna be wild out there uh but you know hey uh has got a plan we're gonna see how it's gonna go uh i mean touch base with
2: with carrie and chris carrie how you been man I'm good, man. Up to the same old man. The 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 old man is really starting to kick in, man. I'm dealing with some <laughs> carpal tunnel issues, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm on the IR right now a little bit. But you know, I'm gonna push through.
0: You know, on the flu game, on the flu game. We we, we <laughs> you, you gonna show up and do your thing? Hey, I might be able to match you, man. I got tendonitis. <laughs> so I, I might be able to match you with, with the old man stuff. And it ain't came from nothing but some walking and some fake jogging. I wouldn't even like jogging That was all it took. What about you, Chris? Man, you 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 still you, you still good?
3: Man, we all messed up because I was we were supposed to record last night and I couldn't I couldn't go because I've been dealing with a, a sore throat, man. So uh I mean I'm glad to see, you know, misery loves company, so I'm glad to see, you know, you guys are with me here.
0: Yeah, it hit me earlier in the week. Denar knows, uh, got my second COVID booster. Moderna, more problems hit me. me on yeah. back. <laughs> but I'm back. I'm back. The second booster was even worse than the first one, man. That thing was crazy. That was a solid two days of all kinds of wild stuff. But like you said, we all, we all shook it off. We shook it off and we're back. Going to talk about training camp and, uh, man, I was looking at this roster as I was putting it together, trying to familiarize myself with some of the new names and it's, it's a lot of names, but I think the NAR said it before we started recording. Um, it's going to be tight, you know, to, to, to make this roster, particularly on defense at some spots and, and, and offense at some spots too. But, um, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy, which is what you want. You know, you want a you competitive camp, competitive preseason. You want to the cream the rise to the top. Um, it's it's going to be tough to make this roster. So we're going to break it all down go through all the position groups, offense, and defense. And so let's just start right at the top on the offensive side, and we'll just go around the horn. Uh, QB, no discussion there. Everybody knows who QB1 is. They all want to check his pockets. Well,
3: Talk about let's, his let's hope everybody knows what QB1 is, because we know those people <laughs> out last year talking about Huntley as QB1.
0: Oh, that's true. I can't take it for granted. Okay, well, to be clear, uh we're all saying Lamar Jackson is QB one. <laughs> so just to be clear, uh I think Tyler Huntley pretty entrenched as the backup, uh, but they do have Brett Huntley on the roster. They do have Anthony Brown undrafted free agent at University of Oregon. And so, like I said, I'll just go around and you know, everybody can kind of kind of chime in on what they think, what they see. Denard, I'll start with you. Um QB really is more about you know, the the second and, and, and third and fourth guys in terms of what you're going to have at camp in the preseason games. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's your thoughts about, about that position? group?
1: <clears throat> I think there's a legit battle at number two. Okay. I think you saw the best that Huntley could give you, and you got a real good snapshot of that for, what, seven, six, seven games? Are yes. you willing to go into the season again? As that being your only option is number two. He can't really push the ball down the field, or he wasn't allowed to. We don't know the full extent of that. <laughs> Who knows?
3: Who knows?
1: But Huntley, the Huntley has a bigger arm, can be just as agile as Huntley. So. I think you throw them both out there and you see what happens. But I think there's a definite we're going to check this out before we sign off on Huntley for the season. And I think people need to leave Jackson alone and let the chips fall how they may. If he has a great season, then we're paying out, out the butt. If not, we're back at the same discussion and most likely franchising him and playing Playing this game all over again. So let's see how it all falls. And I
0: like to say Lamar's is, is like me at a timeshare presentation. <laughs> you say nothing Or even say no, you'll get <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, the hour is up and you can enjoy the rest of your free weekend.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> just just don't say nothing. Just just don't poke bears when they don't need to be poked. Wait. And I put my phone on the on
0: the table. They say, "Hey, you gotta listen to the sixty minute presentation." I put the timer up there, like here you know. go. <laughs> and the deal just keeps getting better and better every time I say no. Same thing going for Lamar. He sat back and watched this QB market all off season, and we've just seen one deal top the you know the next deal top the next deal top the next deal. Obviously, Kyler just got his deal uh, recently, huge deal. Um, you know, not that. 230 fully guaranteed that Cleveland you know, gave to Deshaun, but still a lot of guaranteed money, um, you know, good average per year. So uh, I, I, I give Lamar nothing but credit, man, for for sitting back and kind of just, you know, letting the market really come to him. But anyway, you made an interesting point there about, about Brett Hundley. I'm going to have to be careful how I pronounce these names. So let me kick it to you, Kerry. What do you think uh, about that backup QB position? You see something there between – uh, Snoop and Brett. I might just do that because
2: last names they too. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with um, with Snoop as the number two. I think w- what we really would want to see is um, how he looks when he's got a little bit more uh, a functional cast around him. You know, get him some snaps with that first team offensive line. Um, specifically that, the offensive line. And then, um, you know, as Denard pointed out, um, see if he does have some capability down the field to push the ball down the field. They did a lot of quick game stuff with him. um, And, you know, he kind of just took what the defense uh, gave him, and that's great. And uh, I think he showed some things that, you know, he can keep the ship afloat, you know, if Lamar were to miss games. But um, keeping the ship afloat is scoring – you know, 17, 20 points, hoping your defense can, you know, come through and win a game for you. What you are, want to see is can he do more than that? Can he be one of the upper echelon backups in the league? So, um, you know, with a little bit more um, kind of cohesiveness around him and, you know, again, just the offensive line being uh, back to a good offensive line, um, you know, that for me would be. Uh, what I'm looking for, but I, I think he showed enough where I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with him and that number two. And then, you know, of course with Lamar, uh, that top spot, you got a guy that's MVP caliber uh, looks focused, looks hungry coming in, um, you know, looks shredded, you know, put on 15 more pounds. So, you know, he, he looks like he's, he's ready to, to, um, you know, make sure that, that, that blank check is, uh, you know, right at, um, uh, Bacosta's desk, um, as soon as its time. That's right. Today's price is not yesterday's price, Chris.
0: <laughs> what do you think uh about the the, the QB position?
3: Oh uh, yeah, I, I think they're in a good spot, uh certainly better than they've been the last 2 years uh when we saw with with uh Tyler Huntley, uh the way he performed last year. Um I I think he's probably you know one of the best bargains you could have had a backup QB around the league when you look at it. Um, I like that they brought it back, that they brought in Brett Huntley, too, to, um, you know, just a veteran guy who has similar, similar skill set as the other quarterbacks, too. Uh, but just bringing that vet presence, because when they had uh, McSorley and, and, and Huntley and obviously Lamar, that, that's a really, really young room. So I, I like having the vet, the vet guys. I know that's something that you brought up last year too, Mike, where where you talked about uh, RG3 not being on the squad anymore, just having that valuable vet. I mean, it, it doesn't seem that valuable to, you know, the guys on the outside looking in, but in that room, it, it can make a big difference when you have somebody who's been in the league for almost 10 years giving guys pointers and, and letting them know all, all little subtleties to look out for. So I, I like that. I like that signing for them bringing up Brett Hundley.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of of trying to have at least <clears throat> excuse me, at least one vet in every room. Uh, it's not always easy to do. Sometimes it's it's you know, numbers game, but there's just something about having that guy who has been in the league, who knows what it takes to get ready for games, who knows what it takes to get ready for practice, knows how to take care of their bodies, knows how to deal with all the stuff off the field. You know, family issues. Um, people asking for tickets, you know, whatever it may be, just those guys who can kind of give you that free game, you know, when you're a younger player, I think there's value in that, even if it's not something that you can necessarily, you know, quantify or measure, you know, we're, we're in this, we're in this uh, era where it's, it's all about metrics and measuring everything, but there's some things that still have value that even though they're not easy to, uh, to, to put down on paper or put up on a screen. So let's move to the running back group. Um, you know, we got a little news. Um, Few days ago, I think two days ago, about uh, two lead dogs in this group, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, both going to open camp on PUP on the physically unable to perform list. But I don't know if that, that was a surprise to anybody. Uh, to round out the rest of the group, they signed Mike Davis, from the, who was with the Falcons last year, Justice Hills coming back off of his injury, uh, Tyler Batty, uh, one of their draft picks this year, who you know, kind of made a name for himself in OTAs and mini camps with you know kind of how he was performing. Nate McCrary, who's who was back, uh, kind of on and off the roster a couple times last year, but uh, on the practice squad, I think he got in for one game. He got a snap or two. Okay. Uh, so he's back, and then Ricky Person, undrafted, free agent from North Carolina State. So I'll start with you again, Denard. I like keeping the rotation. You know, pass it on the left, keep it on the left. Uh, <laughs> keeps me from getting confused. <laughs> Yes. So let's, let's start with those top two guys. I think after them, that's where you've got some open spots and you know it kind of gets interesting. But what are your thoughts about JK and Gus starting out on puck? Um, you know, based on, you know, what the injuries that they had and kind of their timetable from getting for getting back.
1: I think it really depends on when they're when they show up at camp on how they're gonna be effective during the season. If if they get some camp practices in, then you know maybe by midseason they'll 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 be feeling good, be ready to rock and roll. If they're having to play catch up into the season, I, uh, that's that's going to be tough because we've we've seen that mess before, and I don't know how much the offense has evolved, but you still need work as at the mesh point and as as an old high school quarterback we spent days every practice 25 30 minutes doing mesh points and exchanges and getting used to each other you know pull them in bad situations pull them in wet situations pull them in 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 blitz situations like you all have to be on the same page over and over and over again and if those guys aren't getting those reps in camp, we're we're gonna they're gonna be playing catch up, and then the the running game is gonna be playing catch up all year, because you know you got Mike Davis and, and Tyler Batty who run completely different than J.K. and and Gus. So you gotta hope they get some camp practices. I, they don't need preseason. I just need camp practices. I need the repetition. And I you know I think they'll be fine. Justice Hill's gone, by the way.
0: Yeah,
1: I knew
0: you were saying He's trying to, trying to, like, get me, man. Just, just like, coming up. Standard. I mean, you wouldn't
1: have drafted Tyler Batty if 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 Justice Hill was just going to be here. Now, if something goes haywire during camp, yeah, sure, keep him. <laughs> but I'm sure that's not the game plan.
0: Nah, he, he's – we were talking about it before we started recording. He's on at least two that 2019 draft class um so yeah you know it gets to that point right where it's this it's the game it's the number it's the business side of the game you know you're going into your final contract season got a you know young young running back we just drafted you know uh got him for more years at a lower contract cost i mean that's that's the business that's the business in the nfl so that's just how it goes like you said unless there's some unforeseen circumstances it is looking rough for my guy, but uh <laughs> Gary, I'll come over to you now. Uh on this running back group. What are your thoughts on, you know, kind of the, the status with JK and Gus and then how you see the rest of the group?
2: Yeah, so I mean just like Denar laid out, not really panicking now with JK and uh, and Gus, but again, you know, the further this goes along, you want to see these guys at least, you know, suiting up and getting some practices in. Um, you know, it's, it wasn't a, so a shock for them to be on the pup list, but, you know, this drags out, you know, now I got to show a little bit of concern because you got behind them. You got a rookie, um, you know, who shows some things, but, you know, still a rookie. You got Mike Davis coming in, um, who the last two years is kind of like flamed out as the season has gone along the last two years in two different spots. So, um you know, there's questions there with that. Um, you know, the rest of it. You got Nate McQuarrie. Um, he's out there. He's got some. He, he's got some tools. You know, he's got some size. He's got a little juice. Um, but you know, you know, we don't want to get dangerously close to that situation we had at running back last year. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all kind of unfolds. You know, <laughs> Justice Hill coming back. And I hate to say it, you know, it looks like he's, he's going to be out just because, you know, you don't have that cost control with him anymore. Uh, you got four years with uh, uh, with uh, Tyler uh, Batty. Um, but, you know, just to see, I, I would like to see him, you know, put something together in camp. I mean, he really hasn't done much of anything wrong besides, like, get hurt and not get opportunities, you know, earlier on in his career. Um but, you know, he he came out and, and made himself a a nice gunner on special teams. Um and, you know, he he showed a little bit in the opportunities he got. I think it was 2019. Not much, but, you know, he showed a little bit. I think he he's a guy that can maybe stick on somebody else's roster before too long, but I think that's the the my main takeaway is Hopefully this doesn't drag out with, with J.K. and uh, and Gus. And then, you know, Mike Davis, maybe it's one of those things where you get some out of him earlier in <laughs> the season, and then as we kind of trend towards the middle of the season, maybe J.K. and Gus is back and you really don't need Mike Davis. So, you know, the, the, the point of him kind of losing steam as the season go, um, goes along, you know, kind of becomes a moot point.
0: Yeah, Mike Davis is interesting to me because – Mike Davis is not going to play special teams as far as I know. He's It's not something that he's done the last few years in his career. I think he's at a point in his career where that's just not, you know, what what he's going to do. And so if he's going to make this roster, uh, he's going to get carries. You know, if he's going to be active on game day, which I assume he is, if he makes the roster, he's going to get carries. So, you know, how that all shakes out, we'll see. Uh, but Chris, I'll come to you on the running backs now. Um I know you know some guys near and dear to your heart here, and JK and Gus. What are your thoughts on them and uh, and the rest of the group?
3: Yeah, I, th- I think we're going to see the the Ravens just in general with these injuries really just play it cautiously, like as cautious as they possibly can. And like like Kerry said, with a guy like Mike Davis, you know that you they could lean on him. You know, it's it's not going to be. Uh, Devontae Freeman situation is not going to be Latavius Murray situation It's going to be a guy who has showed that he could shoulder the load for a little bit but you're not a guy that you could you have to count on for the whole season and I think you can ease you know JK and Gus in and just have kind of a, a three-headed monster if you will to early early on in the season just to make sure that those guys are kind of have their training wheels on before you really get into the nitty-gritty of the season. So I, I think they'll lean on on those three a lot, and I think uh, with with Batty, um, I think he's a guy who brings a, a completely different element than they've had, you know, in the last couple of years with a, a guy who could really come out the backfield and and be that dangerous receiver, a guy that you could dump it off to, and he can really extend plays. So I think they'll sprinkle him in the mix, and like you guys have all said, unfortunately, with Justice, is it's, it's kind of like the writing's on the wall, you know, is cost-effective, and at this point, coming off of a, a you know really bad injury, it's going to be tough to, to keep him around. And with McCrary, I, I can see him being a practice squad guy, you know, again, just like similar to what he did last season.
0: All right, there's going to be some position groups as we go along where there's going to be like more in-depth discussion, and there's going to be some where I don't know that there's a whole lot of discussion required. So as we get the fullback next... Uh, barring injury, I think Patrick Ricard is that guy. Uh, you see Ben Mason's name up there. Y'all may remember Ben Mason from the 2020 draft, where people were uh, expecting the Ravens to take any position other than a fullback with their last <laughs> draft pick, which I think was was it was it fifth round, sixth round, their last pick that year.
1: Fifth,
2: fifth, fifth yeah,
1: yeah. He's the fourth of the fifth, or whatever he was, the third of the fifth.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so at that point, people were expecting anything but a pullback, especially since they had Patrick Ricard. But they got Ben Mason. And so now Ben Mason is back, at least during the, uh, um, you know, camp uh, phase and preseason phase. I remember when last time they got to the end and he had decided he was going to go play somewhere else. Harbaugh was like, hey, ask him. People were like, where's Ben Mason? Why don't you ask Ben Mason with his plans? <laughs> now we can talk to Ben Mason. People can, people can ask Harbaugh about Ben Mason because he is here. But uh, I don't know if, if he's going to be here for, for the duration. So anybody want to want to uh, say anything about the fullback position or do we just move on to tight end? Keep it pushing. Keep <laughs> push. Here we go. All right. Uh, on the tight end. And then this one, you know, there is some interest here because there's some new guys in this group. Uh, this guy coming back from injury and Nick Boyle, of course, everybody knows Mark Andrews. I didn't mean, to skip over him. We know he's tight end one, had the uh, the breakout season last year, put up crazy numbers. Um, so we know what he is. They drafted two guys in Charlie Kohler and Isaiah Likely, another double dip uh, at the tight end position, as, as they've done, um, you know, at different points over the last few years. Josh Oliver is back, you know, he got some run. Uh, a little bit at different points last year. And then Tony Poljan, who was on practice squad for, for most of last year, but they, they bring him back. So, Denard, start with you. Despite your Mark Andrews uh, bias, uh, let's hear your thoughts on the uh, position group.
1: <laughs> I mean, do we need to make some cap space? I mean, we did draft two guys. You got Boyle, and, and, and then we traded a draft pick for Josh Oliver. I'm just saying. How <laughs> many so people bad. that just piss off? By saying all that,
0: <laughs> you me to stop let me tell you to stop. Go ahead, man. Like, you? you know, you know, Mark going nowhere. This man dude,
1: got his. Money. He's here to say yes. he got his. He got his money early. That don't mean he gonna get the rest of it. Just, just saying.
0: You you won't stop. You won't stop. Okay. No,
1: until until that man makes a quality catch in in a playoff game. <laughs> I'll jump back (laughs) on the wagon, but until that point happens, no, (laughs) absolutely not. But anyway, he'll be on this football team. (laughs) The person, (laughs) the person you need to watch out for, I think, unless there's injuries, it's Nick Boyle. I think the targets on him, if he's healthy, then Josh Oliver is no longer here. If he's not healthy, then decisions are going to have to be made, and I know that man know, can can do the running game like anybody else. But is an eighty percent Nick Boyle better than what you have? I I, I don't know. And that, I think that's where the battle is going to be is going to be won and lost. Now, if everybody comes out healthy, then the top four are going to be the top four, and hopefully you can put Josh Oliver on them. You know, as the you know the the vet guy on the practice squad, you know that's that's what you you hope going into the season, but we'll see how it all plays out.
0: all right, Kerry, I'll come to you now i mean that''s, that's a, it's a good point about Nick Boyle. I mean it's again we've we kind of been talking with Justice Hill about the business side of of the game. And uh, yeah, if he we we saw what what Boyle you know how he was kind of struggling and trying to get back through injury last year, and he talked about just never quite being right, you know, and he just never was quite right. All the he look better coming into the OTAs and mini camps this year, but you know now they're going to put pads on, you know, it's going to be some contact practices, and obviously preseason game. I don't know how much they Boyle played in preseason, but anyway, it's going to be contact, <laughs> it's different deal. Right than just rolling than just running around out there in shorts. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the tight end group, Kerry?
2: Yeah, I mean it's a real deep, interesting group. Uh, the first thing that kind of stands out to me. I mean, we know what Mar Andrews is, but like Nick Boyle is kind of low key important to the ceiling of this team, and I don't mean it as in a way that you know they can't be functional or be a good team without them, but. He's like a unique piece to a unique offense. So you would want him to be back at 90% of what he was in 2019 um, because of just how devastating he can be as a blocker, in line and movement in the backfield, all those things. It's just one of those things that makes him unique to this unique offense. So um, him taking off that weight, you know, it took off like 10 or 12 pounds. You hope you hope that that helps and gets that movement and stuff back, and um, so that's going to be one of the things I'm going to be watching very early on to see what he has. And then those rookies, man, those, those rookies are talented, man. You know, Charlie Kohler is a big, long, uh, inline guy with soft hands. Then you got Isaiah Likely, who you know, if you're going to be creative with him, like you know, the sky's the limit as to what you can do with him, so um. We did, uh, I think, our last episode, you know, I don't know. We ruffled some feathers. We, we're not saying that we're anti-wide receiver from that last episode. We're just saying there's some talented tight ends and they can kind of do some things. But, you know, if you haven't listened to that, go back and, and, and listen to that. And, you know, you'll be able to kind of apply some of the things that um, we talked about with a different tight end. So it, it's just a really, really uh, interesting group.
0: Yeah, that episode that we did with uh, Caleb Warden, Caleb kind of laid out his case for why the Ravens might be investing as heavily in tight end as they are, uh, as opposed to wide receiver. And to me, it's like it's like parallel to some stuff people used to say in the 60s. You know what I'm saying? We're not we're not anti wide receiver. We pro tight end. So (laughs) (laughs) you you understand that that, uh, you know, that that parallel. Good for you. I'm not going to hash it all out and get myself in some trouble. But Chris, let me go to you on the tight ends. What are your thoughts on the on, on the tight end group? I know that you got a chance to watch Kohler and likely, uh, you know, coming out uh, as you were evaluating prospects. Um, so I know you got thoughts on those guys. But uh, w- what are you feeling on this group?
3: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, like you guys said, with Mark Andrews, we already know. You know, that's that's you know, that's number one right there. Uh, he's the number one target on this team. So uh, with that being said we go to Nick Boyle. And uh, the thing that gives me a lot of hope with Nick Boyle is the fact that he was able to get on the field last year and actually play and kind of test himself out a bit. Um, I think that's a, that's an important hump when you're coming off of a a devastating injury like he did. He was able to get back out there. And last year he was playing with the brace this year. He's from all accounts, he's not going to be playing with the brace anymore and, like Kerry said, he dropped some weight, so he's moving around a little bit better now, not not having that extra weight on that that knee. So I think hopefully this year we can see some, a bit of that old Nick Boyle that that we loved and, you know, that he was so important for that 2019 run. And when he went out, we knew right away it was going to be a devastating loss because he was one of the unsung heroes of this offense. Uh, I remember when he signed his deal, a lot of people who don't follow the Ravens were like, "Why the hell would they give the would they give Nick Boyle of all people this kind of money? But if you follow the Ravens, you know exactly why he got that money, and the, his importance it doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but if you watch the games and you will break down the film, you can see Nick Boyle is worth every penny, so hopefully we we get him back, and you know he he could look like that that old Nick Boyle that that we fell in love with, and then moving on to the two rookies. <clears throat> um, those are two guys, Charlie Kohler and Isaiah Likely, that you could really get excited for. Uh, Kohler's more of that, that guy who can find the zone, be more of that route-running technician. Isaiah Likely is more of that guy that'll give you some wiggle. He he actually brings it in the run game. Like, a lot of guys will see his athleticism and just chalk it up to him being an athletic freak, but he gets busy in the run game, too. Like, he he got a nasty streak to him, and you know, that that's one way to endear yourself to this to this coaching staff, as we all know if, if you could bring that nastiness in the run game or just that nastiness, period, which is something that we didn't always see from Josh Oliver. And it kind of got him in the doghouse last year. Uh, you could be a great receiving threat, a good receiving threat. But if you're not going to bring that extra oomph with you, then, uh, you know, you could find yourself sitting on the pine. And I think Isaiah likely he's a guy that could definitely endear himself. I, pretty much already has endeared himself in, you know, many camps where he had vets talking about him like, damn. And, you know, when you get that stamp from a guy like Lamar, you you know, you turn some heads when in that in that short amount of time. So the fact that the vets and the coaching staff were so high on him in just that short amount of time that he was practicing is going to be exciting to see what he can do.
0: Yeah, we talked about a little bit on that last episode that Kerry mentioned, where you see almost some of that prime Delaney Walker in his game. You know, kind of used that way that they use Delaney Walker. San Francisco 49ers back in the day. And like you said, uh, when it comes to the run game, he put, he'll put he put his hands on people. I'm, I'm not saying he's like prime Nick Boyle, you know, in terms of, of run blocking, but he will put his hands on some people and look to finish some guys. So, yeah. you know, he enjoys he it. To-
3: you, you, you could tell he enjoys it.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was driving dudes into the bench. So, you know, he's about that action. <laughs> so uh, we'll get on to uh, wide receiver now, always a favorite uh, of Ravens fans everywhere to talk about the wide receiver group this season. No different. Uh, yeah, it's been talking about guys not being here anymore. It hurts my heart. To even have to, to mention my guy, Holly Hood, not here anymore, <laughs> but it is what it is. He's moved on. Uh, I think he's going to do his thing out in Arizona, but it is what it is. Uh Rashad Bateman, you know, now an opportunity to move into that wide receiver one role. Devin DuVernay, James Prochet, Tyler Wallace, kind of that next three, at least, you know, this is my opinion on that. But then you got a rack of guys fighting for a spot after that. Jalen Moore, Benjamin, Victor, Slade, Bolden, Shamar, Bridges. I'm not just rattling off names. These are actual guys in the wide receiver group. Uh <laughs> Trevon Clark, <laughs> Kyle Polk, Devin Williams, and Raleigh Webb. That's right, Raleigh Webb from the Citadel. That is a real person. Um, so Denard, I'll start with you. We know about Bateman, like I said, we know about Duvernay, Prochet, and Wallace, and, and how those guys would kind of be battling for those wide receiver snaps alongside Bateman. So I guess, you know your thoughts on on that group of four, and then what you think about that fifth or even sixth spot. I don't know how many wide receivers they're going to keep. We'll probably do a, a roster projection show when we get towards the end of camp. But just get your thoughts on the group as we go into camp.
1: So I will say this: the Ravens have an idea of what they want and what they they think they need. Um, obviously, they feel like Rashad Bateman needs to be the one number one, get all the targets. They also didn't feel like paying Hollywood Brown, who's going to be costing upwards of somewhere between 18 and $20 million for a 5'8", 160-pound wide receiver. Okay, I'm going to let that exit stage right. Um, here's where I feel like the Ravens may only carry five. And I don't even think that fifth guy is on the roster. Because of Isaiah Likely, you can run out there with Bateman, DuVernay, Porsche, Likely, and, and Andrews and get stuff done. And get the matchups that you want for a Likely because people are going to double Edward, um, Andrews. Bateman's probably going to draw a number one corner. So now you've got likely running on safeties at 511 and linebackers who can't run. So for them, I could see them running a lot of 32 personnel. I can see them running a lot of uh, three wide receivers, you know one tight end and that third wide receiver is likely. So being in the slot with Bateman and DuVernay outside. So you, you know how the Ravens love different guys doing different things. Here we go. It gives you some roster flexibility to maybe keep a guy that you didn't think you could keep or turn this offense into something that you've been trying to do for the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, that versatility coming from that tight end group is, is going to be key. Carry Um, out. I'll, I'll kick it over to you now. You heard all those names. We know kind of the top projected four guys and then all those other guys that I listed. Is this just like a, uh, a dartboard situation? Just give me as many darts. Give me as many shots at it as possible. <laughs> I'm going to throw a bunch of stuff out there and we'll see what shakes out of it. Or like Denari said, hey, maybe nothing shakes out of it because – that guy is going to come from off the team. He's not even on the team right now. What are your thoughts, Kerry?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it will be a little bit of both. I think, you know, the young guys they have now are all, like, competitive dudes, but they may be guys that the Ravens may kind of look at in more specialized kind of roles. You know, Duvernay may be uh, your scheme touch guy. You know, Prochet may be your guy that – you know, you're just looking for him to find uh, soft spots in zone coverage, you know, make make the catches when they when the opportunity comes. Talon is the interesting one because I think Talon can uh, be that vertical guy um, that, you know, they're missing in Hollywood, you know, with Hollywood being gone. But I also think that Talon kind of has this overall kind of talent profile that a couple of things break right for him. He could be a guy that could be the number two receiver that, you know, by the end of the season, you're you're comfortable with him at, at that, that second wide receiver spot. So, um, you know, I'm excited about all the young guys, but um, I do agree with Denard where this may be a situation where they keep five and the fifth guy is not on the roster at this moment. So you know, I could see that being a possibility as well. Um, you know, you got a couple of undrafted guys. You got Slade Bolden uh, coming in who's, uh, you know, Slot receiver, tough guy, smart guy, um, you know, plays special teams. So he's interesting. Um, Devon Williams, we were just talking about um, before we started recording, 6'5 guy with length, uh, you know, a good enough athlete. And I think he's like a former, like, five-star recruit. So, I mean, that kind of size and that kind of pedigree, that's enough to, like, you know, pique your interest a little bit. So. You know, those are two guys I'm going to be kind of locking in on and and seeing if they can make a progression. But, you know, all in all, I think those top four guys uh, are going to come in and compete and and contribute at some level. But, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to maybe keep more than five. All right, Chris, I know that your son is in this group,
0: so it's going to be hard for you to, you know, to be unbiased. But I want you to try your best. Uh, what are your thoughts on wide receiver? Hey,
3: everybody knows Tylen Wallace, wide receiver one on this team. Everybody <laughs> knows
2: that. Everybody.
3: So, <laughs> no man it's, like everybody said. It's, it's going to be interesting with these young guys. Um, you know, you got Bateman, you got Duvernay, Proche, Wallace. I, those are the guys that are the locks for me on, on, on this in this wide receiver room. Um. It's going to be interesting to see how that wide receiver two battle kind of plays out. I think if you had to take the temperature of it right now, I think DuVernay is that guy right now. But I think throughout camp, we'll see a pretty healthy competition with Wallace and and Prochet trying to get after that spot, too. Um, And then the third, you know, the slots, the slot spot. Um, I think that's that's going to be another battle, too, because we've seen DuVernay do well there when he was at Texas. Uh, we've seen him use there with the Ravens and Proche. That's pretty much where he lines up is in the slot. And we know Lamar, he likes to go to dependable guys like Willie Sneed. And if you see the the profile of uh, James Proche and Willie Sneed, is kind of similar with play styles and, and being that reliable guy that can make the tough catches in the middle on critical downs. So um, I think those would be interesting camp battles, but, the, that fifth spot, you know, I don't – I can't call it. Uh, people ask me, and I'm just like, look, I don't know. I, I have no clue. <laughs> uh, you know, Benjamin Victor, he's been on, on the, the squad for a couple years. Uh, he's a guy who's had some chemistry with with a lot of the the, the quarterbacks on the squad, and he's a guy that uh, a lot of the players pump up, and uh, they, they kind of view him as a guy who could be next. Um, Slay Bolden is a dude who – had some success at, at Alabama, and a uh, guy who's had special teams—you know, special teams chops. Um, but like I said, I don't—I don't know, man. I'm I'm just gonna have to watch that battle because I don't have a dog in the fight. Um, I'm just I'm just watching it and 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 really just trying to see what these guys can bring. Uh, a lot of different body types when you talk about a Slade Bolden, who's more of the slot guy, but then you got those big dudes like Devon Williams, you know, Trevin Clark. Uh, Shamar Bridges, uh, you know, the Ravens clearly went for the bigger body types and, and wanted to go after those those tall outside receivers who can go up and win the ball. So uh, that that's going to be interesting to see if any of those guys could rise to the top and, and actually surprise us and not just pull a a, tw- a Tim White and just be a flash in the pan. And, you know, maybe we got a, a – what's the guy from, from Denver? Uh, Tim Patrick. Maybe we got a Tim Patrick in this group. So – Hopefully they don't, they don't let the next Tim Patrick go.
0: Yeah, you never know. And even if there isn't a Tim Patrick in this group, we're going to make a Tim Patrick because that's what we do every year with the wide receivers. <laughs> we fall in love with an undrafted guy, and he's going to be that next guy. And then, you know, usually he ends up getting cut and kicking around the league somewhere. <laughs> so we're going to make that guy regardless of whether that guy is there or not. That's what we do. Uh, moving on to the offensive of line. Uh we're gonna go through offensive tackle first. This one's interesting because there's there's a domino. There's a domino here. And if this domino, you know, doesn't go the way that we want it to, then it kind of has a cascading effect on the rest of the position group. I think we all know that's their left, their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie's also gonna be opening up camp on the pup list. Again, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. But unlike last year, you know, you got some reinforcements, some some legitimate reinforcements this year at tackle They signed Morgan Moses. Uh, Juwan James, you know who they brought in last year, has had a year to recover from his injury. Uh, they drafted Daniel Falele. And then, you know, Jared Jones-Smith, who was here on the practice squad last year, and David Sharp, who they just re-signed recently, was also on the P squad. And he got in a game. Um, I don't remember if that was the Packers game or the Rams game. I don't remember which one that was. But he got in and played some snaps. Um, in regular season games, so got a little bit more depth at the tackle. And of course, there's always Patrick McCarr. I got Patrick McCarr in the guard group. You could you could put his name in all three columns if you wanted, uh, tackle, guard, and center, because he he can play them all. He's played them all. Um, but we'll we'll talk about him a little bit when we get to guard. But Denari, uh oh maybe not. You do- oh yeah. Oh man, I've, I'm I might be tripping over here. Let's start. Talk- <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this offensive tackle group? Well,
1: I think you kind of said it in the opening is the fact that if Stanley can't go, it's 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 Patrick's gonna start at left tackle and then kind of keeps the same form in terms of Moses, you know, Morgan Moses at right tackle, and then you just take it from there. I mean that's that's the group. I mean obviously they're gonna keep Juan James and they're gonna keep uh full and hopefully keep the other two guys on the practice squad. And I I think we're going to be able to run the football a lot better, especially at the right tackle. And I think that's important for this offense. And if you go back for, you know, last 10 years, the Ravens love to run right. When they got a, when they got a guy who can can maul you on the right-hand side, that's what they do. So, as long as guys stay healthy and Stanley, you know, shows up and, and can compete and, and stay healthy. Offensive tackle should not be an issue this year in a sense, but we'll see how things play out. <laughs> yeah. Anything
0: has got to be an improvement over seeing Alejandro Villanueva in Lamar's lap uh, as much as we did last year. I mean, it was, it was like he was a baby. He was back in Lamar's life so much, you know, and, and look, I I respect to do, obviously, you know, his service and everything like that. But he was at the end of his career when he came over from the Steelers and, you know, it was just rough. It was rough to watch last year. So, Kerry, I'll start with you. Obviously, we, we know about the importance of Ronnie Stanley. Everything kind of starts right there. But, you know, Juwan James is an interesting one to me, too, because he's had some time now to try to work his way back from that injury that he suffered when he was with the Broncos. He was training. Um, I remember if it was with the team or if he was at an outside facility. I don't remember the details of how that happened. But he was
1: he was still on the squad. I think it was he's going into his last year, maybe. Okay. And he got it was, hurt. It was like, something weird about it. Yeah happened, and I don't remember exactly what that was. He was looking just, for new money and it all just <laughs> But he's had
0: that time now to come back. And I think they even, the Ravens even brought him back to practice at the end of last season, late, late last season, just to kind of, you know, get a look there. I, I mean, he's probably just doing individual stuff. Um, I don't remember him doing any team stuff. But, you know, he, he's not costing like a terrible amount of money. But when we talk about cap savings, kind of like what we talked about with Boyle, like, hey, if it ain't 100% right, there's a little bit of money that you could save there. But, Kerry, what do you think about this offensive of tackle position?
2: Yeah, man, like what a difference a year makes. You know, that was uh, a situation last year where DeCosta kind of took a gamble with how he addressed the position and it backfired bit time. So looking at this year, he called up State Farm, Allstate, Geico. It, he was getting insurance everywhere. In, <laughs> anybody, you called DaCosta. The general, <laughs> he was hitting <laughs> <laughs> You called the Costa, the Costas line in, in May, June. You were getting that insurance policy sold, so he he made sure he he stocked up. So you got Morgan Moses, who I think when you look at um, team fit, when you look at the caliber of the player, and when you look at the contract, I think that was one of the best values in all of free agency. The contract they were able to get him on. And uh, then you got um, Daniel uh, Falale coming in. I think he's a prime example of of how it pays to be different. Um, you know, he's a guy that, to me, quality-wise, he should have been like a third-round tackle. They got him, you know, a round and a half later than I think they probably should have just based off of the fact that um, stylistically a lot of teams are, you know, trying to drop back, throw the football, and, here you got this guy, this behemoth um, that is, you know, a quality guy with, with good feet and all those things, but, you know, he's 380 pounds. So, uh, you know, a lot of people shied away from that, and so the Ravens were able to get a value there. Uh, Juwan James, like you said, is kind of one of those things. He's one of those swing pieces. You know, if, he, if he's healthy, he's going to be looking like one of the best, like, four tackles that you can ask for. If he's not healthy he might not you know make it out of training camp so that's going to be interesting then david sharp you you mentioned a guy i like uh last year i think he showed up well in, in his playing time last year and what i like about his situation is 26 years old and he was an unrestricted free agent until the ravens you know just picked him back up so he was out there for quite some time for other teams to, to get a look at, and, you know, nobody uh, jumped on him. So he's a guy that maybe I think that they can sneak through and, and get him on a practice squad. So, you know, all in all, I feel real good about the uh, offensive tackle group uh, this year.
0: All right, Chris, I know this one was important to you. This The offensive line overall, but the offensive tackle group uh, particularly, um, we've all been monitoring uh, Ronnie Stanley's progress very closely. I mean, every time we see a video, we, we're all <laughs> getting excited because you see Ronnie getting, you know, a step closer, uh, you know, with each one of those videos to to maybe getting back. So, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, on Ronnie uh, and kind of what he's been through and then uh, the rest of the offensive of tackle group?
3: Yeah, obviously Ronnie, you know, he's the – He's kind of the, the, the biggest question mark on this team right now is whether or not Ronnie Stanley will be back. Uh, before this, he was one of the best left tackles in the league, and we know how important he was to this team and and just being able to protect Lamar's blind side. And, uh, you know, without him, we saw what happened. You know, it it all went to hell. So hopefully he'll be back. But like Kerry said, if he's not back, we got insurance for the insurance. The old Kerryism. So we know if, if he's not back, they could put a guy like, like Makari there, like, um, like Denard said. Um, they could even mess around and try Jawan James there, who's had some, some, uh, some experience at left tackle. Um, I wouldn't mess around and put Morgan Moses there, uh, just because I know the Ravens like to keep continuity on the line so they can keep him at right tackle and not have to switch back and forth. So if they could have Jawan James be the backup left tackle and just keep him there or be the backup left tackle and the backup right tackle instead of just moving around the starting uh, offensive line, I think they would do that or just keep Patrick McCari as the left tackle slash backup everything once if once slash if Ronnie comes back. So I think they got their bases covered. And then obviously you got, you know, Daniel Falale who's, you know, the rookie and, um. Hopefully he doesn't see the field this year let's just hope that um, I say that but I'm and it sounds like I'm hating on him but I, I'm a bit huge fan of his he's just not ready yet he, he's still too green but uh, I think that's the best case scenario for him is to just sit on the bench learn from these guys get you know valuable practice reps because he's just mentally he's not ready yet you know he's really young in football years this is going to be I think his fifth year playing football in his life. So I think just having him on the, the bench and just bringing him along slowly, I think that will be the best-case scenario for him. Maybe some 6-0 lineman, you know, down by the goal line kind of thing. Maybe even throw a touchdown like he did in the spring game a couple years ago at Minnesota. So, you know, just have him right there. And the Jared Jones-Smith, he's a dude that um, uh, Jeff Zriebeck, uh he talked about how much the team actually likes him on uh, one of the Twitter spaces. I think it was on Miss Gina's uh, Twitter space. Shout out to her and, you know, being able to get Jay-Z on there. But he's a guy that – it was strange to hear him mention it. So uh, I guess he's a guy that you got to keep an eye out on for for the practice squad too because the fact that they brought him back and and that he mentioned him, you know, that's that's important. And and David Sharp, you know, he had a quality start last year. So um, like Kerry said, he's a guy, you know, hopefully they'll be able to – Sneak him onto the practice squad if he doesn't make the, the initial 53. And uh, he's a guy that, that you have there that you've seen him in live game action. You had him, you know, on your practice squad. So so you already know what you have in this dude and not just bringing guys off the street blindly who you say, I hope this guy can block some people. So, you know, I, I really do like this group. And, and I think the Costa did a, a, a really good job at, at solidifying this spot.
0: Yeah, you don't want to hear one of those situations. I think it was the Browns last year when this game was I think they had lost both of their tackles. Like Conklin was out and then their left tackle, the the you know, the high pick from Alabama. I'm blanking on his name right now. He was out. And I think Baker was like, Man, there was some dudes I was just meeting in the huddle. I didn't you know who these dudes were. I ain't seen them practice or not. <laughs> oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> See you in one of those situations. Um, but yeah, it all it all starts with Ronnie Stanley. Uh, we, we've all hit on that. So we'll move to offensive guard. Uh, I lumped all this together, uh, not necessarily doing a right guard and left guard thing, but I think that's where the battle is at, right? The battle is that left guard. I think everybody knows Kevin Zeitler's got that right guard position locked down. And that battle, uh, you're looking at Tyree Phillips. You're looking at Ben Cleveland. Um, you know, uh, was he was Cleveland a third-round pick last year, I think?
2: Yeah, um, third-round pick. Yeah.
0: So he's got that pedigree. We talked about the super sub, Patrick McCary. Ben Powers. The other guy from that 2019 draft class still kicking around. And I threw a man Khalil McKenzie in here just because they list him both ways. They list him as guard and DT. So Khalil just, you know, jack of all trades kind of guy. But it, it really feels like um, that battle at left guard is is the one to kind of look at. So what do you, what do you think, Denar? How do you see that going? You got Tyree, you got Ben Cleveland, you really probably Ben Powers, throw him in there too. Uh, how do you see that shaking out? You
1: muted. You. One man can't stay healthy. One man just got married at a courthouse. that just randomly showed up. What are you hating
0: on me, country? For you know,
1: There's life choices. There are life choices, and there are life choices, hey. and and it, <laughs> it 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 just it. I'm not comfortable at left guard. I'm not. And I think that's why Ben Powers is hanging around to kind of see if they need to make some – they're going to have to make some cap moves because there are some glaring holes that we're just sitting here talking about right now that I – if I'm the team, I'm not comfortable walking into the season with. Um, obviously, Ziegler's the right guard, um, but I mean, if I'm a betting man, most likely it's going to be you know, could be Patrick, just as easy as it's the other two, because they did pay that man, and if you're not comfortable. You better use somebody that you're comfortable with. So at least you know a guy who's going to be in there who, who knows the assignments, who will make the proper plays. He may not be moving people and, and digging people out on, on powers and things along that sort, but he ain't going to get Lamar killed.
0: That's for sure. You can count on Makari to know what he's doing and do what he's supposed to. Um, Kerry, I'll come to you, that left guard battle, uh what are your thoughts on
2: it? Yeah, man. So you, you know that saying uh, when you make plans, God is known to laugh. Well he's been laughing at the Ravens left guard <laughs> situation the last two years. He' have been laughing his ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> laughing.
2: Charlie I'm passing Raven. around passing around the bottle.
1: Like look at this crap. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Cause you got your guy Tyree Phillips, who we all think is talented. We love him inside a guard. He was their plan, you know, the last two years coming into the season, but uh, just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, you got Ben Cleveland there as another option. Uh, you know, again, this might be a situation where um, Patrick might end up being a guy. You know, um, provided that Stanley is good to go at at at, um, at left tackle. Um, you know, I'm going to try to stay optimistic. You know, hopefully, Tyree is that guy that can that can come back and you know maybe the third time is the charm and you know, he can be that role greater that, you know, we know he has the potential to be. Uh, ben Powers, you know, just looking like he's on the bubble, you know. He just never able to put it all together. He's, you know, one of those guys that he's the interior guy that I like as far as, you know, playing with leverage, that wrestling background grappler type guy. But, you know, just. At a pro level, we're just never able to, like, really, really put anything together. So, no, nah, I think he's a guy that's going to be on the bubble. So, um, you know, all in all, that's going to be one of the positions that, you know, we got to monitor and pay close attention to and, you know, just hope for the best. But, you know, there's at least a couple talented options there, if nothing else
0: do let Daddy Powers hear you talking that stuff. He will find you on Twitter, boy. He will find you if he hears you talking this. Uh, Chris, let me get your thought, uh, thoughts about the left guard now.
3: Yeah, man. The, the said it when he started his. He said you got one guy that can't stay healthy, but the other guy wasn't really doing a great job of staying healthy either. With Ben Cleveland, I mean, he was, you know, had the concussion coming out, coming out of camp or early in the season. Uh, then he had a, a knee injury. So it's like, damn, you got two guys who, you know, you hope one of them could start. I mean, you spent premium draft capital on both being third-round picks, and you hope one of them could pan out. But, damn it, they're not going to pan out if they, they're not on the field. So you hope one of them can at least stay healthy to show what they can do on the field. And uh, um, with Tyree Phillips, you know, he's he went through – he was on IR two different times last year. So you just hope he, he can stay healthy. But um yeah, that's the big spot. And and Ben Powers, I mean, that's the damn Iron Man for, you know, <laughs> for as much as, as people rag on him, uh, he's actually healthy. He's the one that can stay out on the field. So um I I, I could see I could see him sticking around and just being that break in case of emergency kind of guy. Uh if if the other two can't make it out of camp healthy. But uh, hopefully we can see a healthy battle between Phillips and Cleveland because I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, You know, like I said, they both had injuries, but it'll be nice to see them stay healthy and and we see who can rise to the top and and actually be the guy that can just take control of this this left guard uh, spot because it's just been in flux for so long. So it'd be nice to see somebody actually take the reins and just be able to hold down the spot for once.
0: Last thing I say about Powers, you said it. Iron Man, nineteen starts in twenty-nine games over the last two years. I mean, I'm not saying it's setting the world on fire, but compared to the other two guys, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Got to get him there. <laughs> thing about
0: Tyree, I'd say this before we move on. Um, you know, it, it starts with health. Obviously, you know, you want to see him stay healthy, but just being able to focus in at one position, you know, not having to bounce back and forth between tackle and guard. You know i hope people talk about that sometimes and 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 they kind of you know make it sound like it's not that big of a deal and look there's some guys You look at patrick mccari who can play pretty much every position on the offensive line and and do it at a solid level some guys can do it and some guys can't you know some guys just kind of need to focus in at one position and really try to master their craft at that position and and tyree might be one of those guys so hopefully you know he'll get a shot to uh to focus in more at, at guard and if he can have that health um you know, that we've been talking about, then uh, we might be able to see that talent really develop. Center, here's another position where I think we could save a little bit of time. The discussion, <laughs> I just do this. Two things. So, first thing, does anybody think Tyler Linderbaum will not be the starting center?
1: Unless something crazy happens, then they have to put McCarry there. Otherwise, no. Okay. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm thinking too. Unless there's some kind of weird circumstances or an injury or something, I kind of see Linderbaum. now here's the second thing and i'll start with you denard a lot was made about his size right being a smaller guy playing the center position for what the Ravens said hey not necessarily you know he might he's probably a smaller guy as you look around the league too but you can look at some different offenses especially more zone heavy uh you know run offenses um i was comparing him a lot to the guy out in the rams brian allen who came from michigan state they're basically like the exact same dimensions even their backgrounds are similar. Both big-time high school wrestlers, um, you know, just, just kind of got that same profile. But there's other guys around that 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 size. But he is a smaller guy. So is there anything there for you with that, with him being a smaller guy considering, you know, the Ravens have typically, you know, have bigger dudes on their offensive line?
1: It would only be an issue if they ran a lot of zone. And even at that point, it's not that big a deal. Um I will say this. We're going to see a lot of center traps, a lot of center-type screens, um, which is going to help the screen game because we have very plotty tackles. (laughs) They're not extremely athletic and allows you to run different types of zones if you can leave your tackles in and not. Have to worry about them in the in the screen game, so i'm a gu- i am I come from an option team when I, in high school and we ran a whole bunch of center traps because teams would couldn't prepare for it, and it's the least used play because you can't find guys who can move like that now you got a guy, use them aggressively.
0: Yeah. Mobility is his calling card. And you know what? I can't help but picture when I think about Tyler Lindenbaum and his ability to move, and I think about a healthy Ronnie, a healthy Ronnie Stanley and the kind of athlete he was at tackle. I'm picturing prime Jason Kelsey and Jason Peters for the Eagles out there running them screens, <laughs> get them dudes out front. Uh, but, uh, Kerry, I'll, I'll come to you just that, that same place. I think you, you already, uh, you know, pretty much answered by, by silence that you think Linderbaum will be the starting center barring any kind of any kind of weird circumstances or injury. But anything to the size argument uh, that some have made, I'm not even going to mention the arm length. We're just going to say silence.
2: Yeah, I just I didn't see it. I didn't see the issue. Like a lot of people said coming in, he was a zone only guy. But, like, when I watched the tape on him, I didn't see a zone-only center. Like, I saw a guy that was plenty physical. Um, Like, with anybody that, you know, has a little bit of a size deficiency, you line him up against the biggest, baddest interior guys, and he's going to lose some reps at times. But I think he's pretty physical. Uh, I think he's just sound enough as a player that he's going to win a lot more reps than he loses. And then, like Denard said – Leverage that mobility because this is a dude that can move and he can move like efficiently. Like he just looks so coordinated when he's out in space. Leverage that, just, you know, get him out there as much as possible and and, and bring another wrinkle to the team. But yeah, as far as his size, like I don't, I'm not overly concerned at all about it.
0: All right, Chris, same, same question to you. Any, any concern for you about uh, Tyler and being undersized, quote unquote, undersized?
3: Uh, not with him specifically but um, it's that left side that gives me some worry because uh, I I forgot I think it was you Mike that sent it to us Um, yeah I think it was you that sent it where uh, they were talking about Travis uh, not Travis Kelsey uh, Jason Kelsey and how they were able to make it work in Philadelphia with him being such a small center compared to the, the average centers around the league and the, the most important part of that was having those two guys, those two big guards next to him, being able to help him out when they needed it. Now we know we can rely on Kevin Zeitler on that right side, but we just talked spoke about that left guard spot and, you know, how it's just been a turnstile with different players due to injury, due to, you know, not not really being able to play up to par for what the Ravens are looking for. So that's going to be huge. Of to, you know, to help out Linderbaum as a undersized rookie. So hopefully that spot we could see. Just say, for example, Tyree Phillips could take that spot because this is going to be what Phillips' third season in the league.
0: Yeah, and, 15, twenty. And,
3: and from all accounts, like he's changed up physically. Like he actually looks like a pro now. He's slimmed up a little bit, got a little bit more muscle mass. So hopefully you could he could take that next step and. Kind of replicate what what that Philadelphia system relied on so much to kind of help Jason Kelsey out and and propel him to being that Hall of Fame caliber player that we've seen. So hopefully we could get that for Linderbaum too. It just in terms of support, but just him, you know, as a player, I, I'm not worried about him. You know, uh, he's gonna have his struggles. There are gonna be times where we could see linebackers come in and you know be able to put him on his ass, but you know, that's part of the game. Like, we see that from Jason Kelsey from time to time. So, that, that'll that happen. But just as far as being able to, to hold his own and like, you know, Kerry and, and Denar said, just watching him be in space. And that's the big thing is the Ravens, uh, they're going to need to be able to utilize him uh, in the screen game as well, too, which is something that they haven't been able to execute Ever. Uh, you know, <laughs> it feels like ever. So, um, you know, if they can utilize him, he could be a really dynamic weapon, not only in the run game but also the pass game and the screen game. So, hopefully, they'll be able to utilize that as well.
0: Yeah, you got to go back to the Ray Rice days yeah. uh, <laughs> for when they used to be able to run some effective running back screens. You know, traditional slow screen, not not those you know bubbles and quicks out on the perimeter. You got to go back to those days. So, yeah, maybe we can maybe we can get back. Uh, with, with a guy with Linder Bonds Mobility. You have reached the end of a uh, two-part episode. This will be part one, where we focus on reviewing the offensive side of the ball going into the Ravens' 2022 training camp. In part two, we will do a review of the defensive side of the ball and touch a little bit on the specialists at the end. So uh, tap into that.